Welcome to After the Bell. I'm Zach Borman. Six weeks from today, on November 8th, Idahoans will vote on a number of important positions that will determine the future of education in the state of Idaho. But arguably, the most important decision regarding education will be made by your vote for State Superintendent of Public Instruction. This is the second of two interviews that I'll be doing with the Republican and Democratic candidates for the position to give listeners a sense of who their options are, what they believe, and what they'd like to do if elected to the position by voters. Today, we're excited to be sitting here with Terry Gilbert, the IEA-endorsed Democratic candidate for the position. Mr. Gilbert, thank you for agreeing to talk with us today. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for the invitation. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and particularly your background in regards to education? Thank you. I graduated from Northwest Nazarene College and took my first position as an English American government teacher in the city of Marsing on the banks of the Snake River. I um, married the home ec teacher after two years there and we taught the final third year, then moved to Aberdeen, Washington, where I taught English, sophomore English, and finally back to Nampa, where I was <clears throat> an eighth grade English teacher and uh, chair of the English department there. Upon <clears throat> completing that year, I decided to run for the presidency of the Idaho Education Association, and I served as president for the year. It was a one-year term at that point. Ended up in um, North Dakota. That may sound strange, but our new executive director, whom I helped hire, was from North Dakota, and an opening occurred with the North Dakota Education Association. So they gave me a car and a map, and they said, go thou and do, which I did. I was in every village, river bottom, mud hole, and metropolis in North Dakota. Uh, then we moved back after three and a half years to Twin Falls, <clears throat> where I served as a regional director or Uniserve director with the IEA in Twin Falls. Uh, but eventually I moved to Boise where I became the regional director for Nampa, CUNA, Caldwell, all of those uh, cities in that part of our state. And finally at the end of my tenure with the IEA, I became director of organizational development. So that's the encapsulated sense of my IEA and professional career. Okay, so had you retired from the IEA? You didn't go back to teaching after your stint at the IEA or anything? Well, that's an interesting question considering that I am running for state superintendent. <laughs> Did <Enough>. I retire? <laughs> you know, Zach, what happened was I received a call from a Democratic friend whom I respect, and she said, Terry, we have no one who is running in this position will you run? My wife Carolyn and I talked about it. We both are very committed to public education and after several days we said, you know, we're going to say yes. We don't know what we're saying yes to, but public education is very important to us and I will raise my voice on the campaign trail on behalf of teachers, support professionals, professionals and on behalf of my profession. Okay. Well, so you're running as a Democrat in a very red state. In your mind, what's the difference between Democrats and Republicans in regards to education? I've been in Idaho a long time. I have experienced the difference between Republicans and Democrats. I'll give you an example. In Aberdeen, Washington, 
I had 100 students a day in my English classes. When I moved back to Nampa, I had 180 students a day. That was phenomenally different. I was an English teacher, therefore I took home papers to grade every evening, would have dinner with my family, then start grading papers. In my day about 8, um, not 8, but about uh, 11 p.m., the resources between the two communities, Aberdeen, Washington, and Nampa, were starkly different. And those resources were predicated by the political environment. It was unfair, I will tell you this, that the Idaho environment created so many obstacles for one-on-one -on -one teaching that was occurring in the state of Washington. So my answer is that there is a real difference in the attitude of those in power representing the Republican Party and those in power representing the Democratic Party. There's a vast difference in the attitude and the policies of the two entities. Okay. Um, if elected, what would your priorities be? I remember being moved to tears when the Columbine shooting happened, and we just had Uvalde. So one of my personal demands is that I will demand safer schools for our children and their, and their teachers. I want to, re to require a curriculum that teaches the basics. I'm a, by the way, I'm a Rotarian. Why is that relevant here? Rotary has a four-way test of the things we think, say, and do. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? That's an important ingredient in my life and how I treat others. Is it the truth? Mandate a curriculum that complements the teaching that our students have received from their parents. Complement those teachings. Demand curriculum that teaches right from wrong. Now that may sound basic, but I think we are in a crisis in our country because many of our citizens cannot distinguish between right and wrong. And encourage an environment that allows teachers to represent the joy of learning. That is the type of teaching that will last our students the rest of their lives. And now I am reflecting on some of the teachers I had that were very influential for me. Therefore, I want you as the president of the WAEA and your fellow teachers to be able to represent the joy of learning. Okay. Let's go back to your, your, your first priority that you talked about, the, the safer schools. Um, what would you propose be done that's not already being done. The West Ada School District actually just enacted a, a procedure of, of doors being locked, right? And this has actually led to a lot of consternation. I mean, yes, it is. It does, I understand the argument that uh, no door has ever been breached in any of the school shootings that have happened that are, that are locked, but um, this, in, in an attempt to make schools safer, it adds all kinds of inconvenience as well as potential educational disruptions. So, I mean, what, what in specific would you be suggesting be done to get make schools safer? Well, that's a, a good question. <clears throat> part of my answer is the long range answer. And part of it is more specific. 
Several years ago, I awakened and I said to myself, Mr. Gilbert, you need to go back to the classroom. So I spent the next three years as a substitute teacher in Boise. I was very interested in the response of the Boise School District to keeping their students safe. It was much different from my initial teaching experience where we were not concerned about someone coming into the school with an AK-47 and murdering students and teachers. It is an attitude, Zach, in part, that our citizens, it's okay for our citizens to carry guns and to take guns into their vehicles in their school. Now, I will qualify that by saying, when I was going to high school, we had students carry guns, but the attitude in the country was different. And that is a more complex response. Several years ago, we uh, outlawed AK-47s and the school shooting dropped. Then <clears throat> our Congress reimposed the ability for AK-47s to be carried and sold. So part of my answer is that we need legislation. It worked the first time and it can work again. Okay. The other thing that piqued my interest when you, uh, when you were talking about your priorities was the teaching right from wrong. And I guess my, my question is, what do you do or how do you determine right from wrong when different demographics, different groups have different conceptions of that? Does that make sense? So what, what kind of content do we teach in classes if the parents and the families in the communities that we teach in conceive of right and wrong differently? You have to go back to understand uh, my early life and my rotary existence. I said that we have a four-way test in rotary. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerns? There are 1.25 million Rotarians throughout the world. It is a civic organization that works with our youth and <clears throat> creates better communities. I don't want to get too esoteric. <clears throat> I'm talking about basic right from wrong. It's wrong to steal. It's wrong to hurt people. Those are <clears throat> issues that can be illustrated and discussed in class. We have teachers, I was one, that have posters on the wall about committing correct attitudes, representing correct attitudes and correct behavior. So I'm talking about basic right and wrong. I'm not asking for a deep philosophical uh, discussion, but we know how we should be. Inherently, we know how we should treat our fellow citizens. And that's the difference sometimes between right and wrong. Okay. Um, what roadblocks or challenges do you think you would face in achieving the goals that you have for the position in, in really going after your priorities? Well, I was very happy that <clears throat> our governor led the <clears throat> event to get more money into our schools. House we, Bill 1. Yes. We have underfunded schools for decades. I experienced that when I first started teaching, and I <clears throat> related that story to you about the difference between 
teaching in the state of Washington, where I had four classes, two preparation periods, went to Nampa, had no preparation periods, 15 minutes for lunch, and the demands were the same in Nampa and in I and, uh, Nampa, Idaho, and in Washington by the parents. Teach my student. But the resources were remarkably different. So what are some of the roadblocks? Funding is a roadblock. It always has been, and until our legislature collectively view education as an investment instead of a cost. Right. You as a young teacher will be fighting this battle too. And I wish you well in that effort. So may I ask, if the conditions, the working conditions were so much better in Washington than Idaho, why didn't you go back to Washington? Like what kept you in Idaho? Just out of <clears throat> family <throat> issues, okay. family issues. Okay. I could have uh, remained there for the entirety of my career, <clears throat> but that was not possible. Okay. What, what are your thoughts on the state's current spending on or and or for funding formulas for Idaho schools? I mean, I understand that you know, you've already stated that they're not adequate, but like what kinds of solutions might we offer or would you think were, are, would be necessary to make them adequate or above adequate, hopefully? 75% <laughs> of our schools are rural schools. They have unique problems that must be addressed by the legislature. We have <clears throat> inequality in funding, and partly that goes back to the issue of taxes. We have both bonds for building of schools and levies for providing <clears throat> educational materials in the classroom. If you are a resident in one of the rural schools and you are asked to vote on a levy year after year after year, but your big neighbor, Boise for instance, doesn't have to pass those levies. There is an inequality that has an effect on the education of our students. How can we address that inequality? Several years ago, one of our legislators pointed out that the tax exemptions, the tax exemption was larger than our school district budget statewide. Mm -hmm. tax exemption. The education that we can provide our youngsters is predicated on providing funding for them. But again, if you are in a rural school, you're having a difficult time, and even though you appreciate public schools, if your personal situation wars against voting for a levy, even though you're very much in favor of schools, the children will be affected. So why do we have this history of tax exemptions that a couple of years ago were larger than the school district budgets? Right. We've got to address that, and we can. Valley View, uh, for instance, has lobbied for impact fees. They've not been successful in getting the Republicans in the legislature to even address this issue. Mm -hmm. So our communities grow, the traffic on the highways grow, and we are becoming California, much to our consternation. <laughs> there are solutions to it, but we need an attitude in the legislature that says, yes, we, we will do this on behalf of our children. You ask me about the difference between Republican and Democratic 
attitudes. That is one of the big differences. Okay. So in general, what I'm tracking you're saying is like closing loopholes in, in tax exemptions or you know, identifying tax exemptions that are problematic and getting rid of them as well as some level of impact fees? Exactly so. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, I'm fairly certain I under I n would know your your answer on this question, but what, what's your position on voucher programs? That we had uh, one almost make it to the House floor last year, a, a bill in the Education Committee that almost made it to the House floor, and presumably we'll see some version of it again today. Would you be in support of any such bill? Short answer, no. <laughs> okay. I am opposed to the voucher vultures. And we're seeing them at work. The Idaho Freedom Foundation is one of those voucher vultures. What they do is try to split parents from our public school. Do you know that lady down the street, teacher? She's indoctrinating your child. Got to be careful of her. She's a public school teacher. She's a librarian. You know, she's putting bad books because she's indoctrinating your child. So the parent pulls his child out of the public education system and they say, now we have a deal for you. We have a company that we're going to create and they will build a school and you can go to that school. Don't go to the public school. That is a long-term effort by the political far right in our country and it's having an effect. I have fought them. I have been a fighter for public education all of my career and I will continue to do that. So most of our listeners are teachers and association members. Why do you believe you deserve the teacher vote over other options? <clears throat> my life has been public education. My life has been service to teachers and to support professionals. I was a member of the association in my college days. As you know, I served as president of the Idaho Education Association. I served as regional director. The difference I have noted, because I have studied my opponent's answers to questions, is that I have lived the answers to those questions. I have dealt with the overload of my classrooms. I have dealt with principals and superintendents. I am a public education professional, and I believe that gives me insight that others do not have, including my opponent. Her review of education is from a higher level. I have been in the classroom. I have graded thousands of papers. I've worked with thousands of students, and I'm proud of that. I believe that qualifies me I've taught every level of education, including the course that I created called Ethical Dilemmas, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Why did I do that? As an IEA staff member, I was assigned to follow the Idaho Professional Standards Commission. And in my retirement years, I said, I think I can perform a service for my fellow teachers. So I created that course. It was all online. And those teachers who became <clears throat> embroiled in the allegation that they had violated the professional code of ethics, I wanted to help. There was no reason for them to violate if they knew the professional code. 
<clears throat> but the course itself was fun to teach, and it did <clears throat> teach our my fellow teachers about some of the the code issues. What role do you think the Education Association has to play in our state? Key. It's always been true. It's a key role. This is a red state. We all know that. I have watched the Education Association from Cecil Andrus to John Evans to Brad Little. And I've, it's a tough state from time to time to be on the other side of the philosophical divide. But we need the association to stand up and say from time to time, stop, or think about this, <clears throat> or deal with the public and enlighten the public about what it's really like to teach. So <clears throat> my short answer is the IEA plays a key role. I honor those who are a member of the association, and I ask those who are not members of the association to reconsider, to join the association and help this cause. So the, the kind of final question beyond how can people get involved is that I ask all of my guests is, do you have a teacher that had some sort of important impact on your life? Yes, I do. Several, but one I will mention is Mr. Jim Curran. He was a science teacher. We've had several class reunions from my uh, classes <clears throat> I took in Coquille High School on the coast of Oregon. Every reunion we gathered, he was there, Mr. Jim Kern. So he was a great influence. Now, he died a couple of years ago. When I got into teaching, I said, you know, Mr. Gilbert, if you could be like Mr. Kern, you would do well. I don't know that I ever achieved that goal, but he was the type of teacher that illustrated the joy of learning I mentioned that in my initial comments. I want our teachers in Idaho to be able to illustrate the joy of learning. That joy stayed with me all of my life, all my professional career, and I would like us to do the same. And we could all be Mr. Kern, no matter if we're Mrs. Kern or whatever we are. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Terry, if people would like more information or want to help out with your campaign, how can they be involved? Well. <clears throat> Thank you for the question. Go to wwwgilbert 4 the number 4 idahoschoolscom You will learn more about me. I do need help. This is a very steep hill to climb. Fortunately, I have hiked the sawtooths. I've hiked many a tall hill. And I have hiked <clears throat> up those trails when those on horses go by me. And that's the analogy I will use. I'm a Democrat in a Republican state. I have ideas created in my life because I have lived public education. I will not match the money that my opponent has, but I can match the ideas, and that's what I hope to do. So I need help in this campaign. Okay. Well. Sir, we wish you the best of luck in the race, and we very much appreciate your time today sitting down with us and talking about education in the state of Idaho. So, thank you. One of my favorite topics. <laughs> thank you, Zach.